Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Big Honker Podcast. We really appreciate you listening. Be sure, go to iTunes, leave us some reviews, let us know what you think of the show. It's always great to read those things. Um, and we got a giveaway going on right now. We've teamed up with Boss to have an epic giveaway for this December, December 9th, 10th, and 11th. You and one other buddy of yours can come out to the Big Honker Lodge. Uh, three mornings of goose hunting, two afternoon duck hunts. Uh, you're going to win a case of Boss shot shells and uh, two Boss hoodies. So uh, that's a great little giveaway. All you got to do, uh, we, we've got all the rules posted on our on our Facebook page. So go to the Big Honker Podcast Facebook page. See what all you got to do to get entered to win because it's going to be a hell of a giveaway. So don't miss out. We're going to draw on November 9th. All right. And this podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Guys, listen. The secret is out. It's 2019. Birds do not see in 3D. They're, they got monocular vision. They cannot focus in on one target with both eyes, which means they like depth perception. Save money, save room, save time with dive bomb silhouettes. It's the way to go in 2019. I mean, it's what we use every single day. They pass the torture test. They're tough as hell. The stake system is amazing. People are messaging me about them already. Um, go to divebombindustries.com. You will not be disappointed, especially when springtime rolls around and you got to unpack the trailer. Listen, full bodies are fun until you got to find a place to store them. Actually, full bodies are not fun because I hate fucking lugging them in and out. Die Bomb, the silhouettes are the way to go. Diebombindustries.com. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Come with us. We've been around 25 years. We can take care of you on that goose or duck hunt. We've got lodging here in Texas, uh, so you don't have to worry about anything. You just show up, start hunting. Uh, we've still got some dates available for this upcoming waterfowl season, so if you're not on the books yet and you're wanting to do something with your buddies, you better let us know something quick because it's coming up. And we cannot be more excited. Stanfieldhunting.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. The best shot shell on the market. Bismuth is back in style. Brandon and the guys and ladies at Boss have just created a brand that is just unparalleled and nobody can fuck with it. I mean, they're just kicking ass. They're always selling out of their stuff. Bossshotshells.com. Hits like a freaking freight train. You only got to use one. You're not having to shoot two or three times at the same bird. You hit it once and it's done. Boss shot. They've also started copper plating their their pellets, and that's a denser pattern, more pellets on target. It. I mean, I'm telling you guys, it works and it works amazingly. Go to BossShotShells.com. See what all the hype is about because let me tell you, it's real. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. If you're gonna field duck hunt, we've talked about this on the podcast at nauseum. You need five or six spinners. Lucky Duck has those spinners. Get them, you can get them with remotes, waterproof, whatever you want. Uh, Lucky Duck. They're the spinning wing decoy that we use. They're great. You can dunk them in the water. doesn't hurt them. Use the remote. So if you're hunting a spot that's got ducks and geese and you don't want them flapping when the geese are going, you can just turn them off with the remote. You don't even have to leave your blind. Uh, Lucky Duck. Check them out. We're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. No more fiddling around in the dark. Put these bad boys on your truck, your trailer, headlamp. Make a light, make a, a light stand out of them. Whatever you're gonna do, sea light LEDs. They light up the world. Uh, just great, great product. Great people over at Sea Light LEDs. Uh, you can really illuminate the sky. SeaLightLEDs.com. And I mean, you put them wherever you want. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics. Also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. Finally, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines, Texas wine, made here, made in high Texas. Chris and the, Chris and the gang are great customers of ours, and uh, they've introduced us. They've, they've changed our ways of shitty wine drinking. They make a great product. You can find them at uh, Central Food, Whole Markets, all those great upstanding supermarkets. Or you can go to their website, williamandchriswines.com, and they'll ship it to you. So 
If you're in the mood for a Texas wine and you got a special occasion coming up, look no further. WilliamandChrisWines.com. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. Looking across the newest guy. Is that, is that the 11 right there? That is the iPhone 11. Let me see it. I haven't seen one yet. Jeez, it's a fucking phone. Well, it's got three lenses now, Jeff. That one's only got two. Oh, okay. So yep. what's what's this little thing? Uh, right a flashlight? A flash? I like it. Yeah, the Pro's got three lenses, I think. What what the oh, fuck do you need okay. three lenses for? Wide, isn't that the, it's it's wide? Yeah, I, think? I guess. I uh, I don't know. It was like $500 more. Fuck that shit. That's <laughs> it's a racket, I'm telling you. They know what they're doing over there the at bi- Apple. The biggest problem, or not the biggest problem, we got a lot of fucked up problems, but one of them is these fucking phones. Phones and satellite TV. It's ridiculous what it costs for fucking TV oh, at your house. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, time you get internet, t- I've got a landline, because I still believe in landlines, because one day them fucking cell phones won't work and you're going to need one. And they don't charge much extra for them. So I, we have a landline. I use my landline a lot at the house still. But a fucking cell phone, TV, or the TV, and that package is $300 a freaking month. Mm-hmm. Cell phone pack is another 150 a month. So you're paying the expense of having a driving a cheap Dodge-ass pickup for what it costs to have a fucking phone and TV now. We're trying to figure out how to cut the cord at my house. On no phone? No. The uh, satellite. Oh, that's fucking, that's fucking crazy. But the problem is, I've said is like fuck e- ten times already. E- I've got to watch my language. <laughs> Each package, like so, so we still we watch. We've got a show on MTV that we watch called The Challenge. Viacom uh, channels you can't hardly find on anything, so it's a fucking mess. But we're gonna cut the cord. Do they have music videos on MTV anymore? No, they had You're laughing since. at me. No, I know. But that's no, what they started. Music. It's TV. called music television. No, I don't think maybe early in the morning, two, three in the morning. I'll tell you what, when we first got MTV, is when I used to masturbate in the shower every day. I mean, it was a normal <laughs> thing. And that was the fuck videos, music videos. You watch fucking shit all day long. Same videos come on. Knew everybody. That's what Beavis and Butthead was on too, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a little after my masturbation time. That was later in life. But yes, that Beavis and Butthead were on there. But I, I, I mean, it was great. I used to watch MTV. Yo, MTV Raps. It was even the black, they even have black rap shit on there now. <laughs> See, but I can remember as a kid, we, we didn't have MTV. We had VH1, and oh, I was pissed. And then somehow, I don't So know. we didn't have MTV when you were growing up? For a long, but MTV wasn't what MTV is now. I mean, it's, we it, had VH1, I remember. It, it's shit I remember, now. I remember when, when we finally got MTV, but we had cable, too. We didn't have satellite for a long time. We did have cable for a long time. And it was the same stuff that you get with the same channels. I'd tell you, I'd have cable now. Fucking, I, I tell you what, talking to them little cocksuckers in India from Dishnet, I want to get there and just beat the fuck out of them. I want to get in the fine and go to Bangladesh and just beat the fuck out of every one of them fuckers that work there. They don't help you at all, and it's $249 no matter what each month. Hate TV. Anyways, you can introduce our guest. I mean, you kind of got all hard on over the <laughs> telephone there. And- well, I saw it had three three lenses. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Bo. You're the, you're the new uh, new guide here. Uh, Bo Pierce, uh, Statesboro, Georgia, and uh, I'm out here for what the next three months? Yes, forever. Doing, pull yeah, this up. Uh, pull the microphone up just a little bit. On no. your, uh, on your. Yep, there you go. There you go. Well, you can move the. I'm gonna be here forever, Andy. Like this. It seemed, a lot of there them seem go. that way. They'll you're tell good. you it's a trap. Really? You're gonna take. You're gonna help do pheasant hunts with Dad. You're gonna be the pheasant guy. Dad is gonna be your. Dad is going to be your assistant. He might have something else to say about that. <laughs> well, he does about everything. He's, Let me know how that goes. Yeah. Let me That's, know how that conversation goes. I had a guy text me yesterday, and he asked. He goes, "Hey, how's Ron doing?" And I saw he's doing better. I said his blood counts up, and Dad is doing has doing better the last couple of weeks. He goes, "I said, yeah, the new pheasant guy got here." He said, "How's that going?" I said, "So far, so good." I go, uh, Dad's going to help him do pheasant hunts. Yeah, that's going to go over like a fart in church. I said, well, I said, Dad physically just can't do it. Mentally, Dad thinks he's ready to go. Physically, he can't do it at all. 
Yeah, he so. says if he's got the rhino, he's fine. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, he's going to have to have it. Well, in fact, we're fixing to buy another one of them. I just was looking today. Me and Tony weren't one. So you're from Statesboro, Georgia. Where's Statesboro, Georgia at? Statesboro's about uh, – Motherfucker, well, I forgot to close the door. see. It's probably uh, 50, 60 miles west of Savannah. 56 miles west of Savannah. So Savannah's down on the coast. Yes, sir. So did you go to Paula Dean's restaurant much? Ain't that down there? No, sir. Why? I don't go to Savannah much. So you don't go to Savannah much. We had a little delay here. Andy's going to deal. So you don't go. Now, how far is Brunswick, Georgia from you? Brunswick, Georgia is uh, about two hours southeast. So you're not on the coast then. You're I'm not on, on the you're coast. You're in the interior. 50, 60 miles from the coast. So. so what kind of hunting is there? Wood ducks. That's it? Wood ducks, some quail hunting, dove hunting, and... uh. Shoot, if you're in one, all you can shoot is wood ducks. Uh, really? You get on the coast, we can shoot some divers and some sea ducks every now and then. Now, how far are you from the coast? 50 or 60 miles. So, do you mainly stay on the inland then and um, just do wood ducks? Well, every now and then we'll, we'll go down to the coast. I hunted a pretty good bit. There's some public land down there we go out on and uh, get out there and, and try to get after the divers. And there's a good early season teal hunt down there. Really good. Um, blue wings or blue green wings? Blue wings. Huh. See, I just, when you, when you think of all the states, you don't think of Georgia as being this. Uh, this waterfowl place. Right, it's not. It's really not. Early season, uh, a teal is pretty good, and after that, maybe the first couple weeks of the season can be good, and it gets tough. Now, your girlfriend dated Trevor Lawrence in high school? No, they went to high school together. Went to high school. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that shit was coming. <laughs> I was not going to bring this up. <laughs> and I really wasn't. So did they date, or they just went to high school they, together? As far as I know, they went to high school together. You'd have to ask her. Is she going to listen to this? I don't know. She might. Okay. I mean, Trevor seems like a nice kid. I don't. I mean, I'm just just trying to get to the bottom of he the needs, story. He needs a fucking haircut. Yeah, he's he's going to be able to afford one here pretty quick. Yeah. What is it you said the other night, Andy? Oh, I said your that, whole life. I said if if you stick with this gal and you marry her, there is nothing you can do. If you fuck up, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, I got this <laughs> asshole, and I could have been married to Trevor Lawrence. Because yeah. Jeff think you, you think he's going to be the first overall pick in a couple years i think you? in two years down the road he will be right now yeah i think easily he's gonna be a rich man i don't know Clemson doesn't play anybody <laughs> the kid's a fucking winner he won the national championship he's a stud that hair is bad though. you are you got yeah. a little envy on him you know yeah does she throw maybe, him up at you a lot maybe so yes she does actually that, that, that <laughs> might that might be part of it does she really yeah like what does she say she just loves to watch Clemson. oh that would that would that would be tough so oh. you don't you don't know that she dated him no, I don't. I don't think she did. They just you know, went to high school together. They Were they in the same school. class? I don't know. Big high school, a lot bigger oh, than here. Really? A lot bigger than here. So, well, yeah, a lot of things were. Now, did she date Jake Fromm too? <laughs> no. Now, how does she know Jake? I don't know that she does. She just said that she'd try to message him or something. Sounds to me like your 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 girlfriend. Not trying to stir up any shit because you're way off and That's stuff. That's what he's but, doing. It sure seems to me she's awful chummy with quarterbacks, with the quarterbacks. high profile quarterback, which tells me she must be smoking hot because she those needs, guys, those guys don't bang ugly women. Well, she needs to get close to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You think so? I think so. If she had to pick, why, why Jake Fromm? <laughs> well, Tom's fifty years old almost. Forty-two. Well, he's got shit. He's their kids are gonna make more money. He need to make some football. Mm. Right now, it not. But yeah, but it, his is guaranteed. They could or. Trevor yeah. Lawrence in five years is going to make as much money in five years as Tom. Well, then the rookie contracts maybe not. No, but <clears throat> Tom keeps taking a pay cut. Russell Wilson's made more money in his career than Tom Brady has. I bet. I don't know. I bet he has. I bet he has. Yeah, he signed a big deal. So you want her to start sleeping with Russell Wilson? He's taken. What if she starts sleeping with Cam Newton? Would that bother you? Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're like Jameis Winston or. Colin Kaepernick or Jameis Winston is a fucking dumbass. Yeah, that's probably the dumbest fucker in the whole world. It's just crazy seeing. So I'm looking up Trevor Lawrence here, born in 1999. That's just bizarre to me to see that. There was a lot of great people born in 1999. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just weird that we the got next... a lot of envy over here from the Clemson boys. So you're not gonna be wearing no Clemson shirt, right? Hell here. no. <laughs> Where did he go? Car? Uh, what's it called? Cartersville. Cartersville. That's right. Was he a stud there, I guess? Well, he's fucking playing at Clemson. I, I what do you I think? Did, I didn't go to Cartersville. Yeah. How how did you meet your girlfriend? Uh, she was in college at uh, in Brunswick while I was in high school in Brunswick. Oh, so uh, she's older than you. you. She's older than me in school, but we're the same age. Oh. Okay. 
And so she throws this future NFL number one <laughs> draft pick up in your face a lot. No, no, she just likes Clemson and <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. I know him. She, she says that a lot. I know him. I mean, they like they they talk on the phone and stuff. They text. No, and no, stuff. no, no, no. So no. she never messages him. Not that I know of. Not that you know of. I'm 1,200 miles away from her now. So. <laughs> but she she knew him enough that she could message him though. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like talking about this, do you? And there's a million people can it's listen okay. to this shit. It's so. all right. He's squirming a little. It's yeah. all right, though. You know, we had the new guy last year was Gunner, and we hope that you're going to be a 10,000% improvement on that. <laughs> he had good intentions. He's a nice person. He just was not guide material. Yeah. He did do that. So we're on. Uh, now that we're on, we should have set up a fourth microphone. We could have got both peasant guides on. You don't, you don't know where it's at? Pull up a chair right here. Hold on, we got we got a fourth one. It's in that it's in that red bag right there. We got the whole pheasant team here now, team A and B, A team, B team, C team. Testing. There we go. All right, Ron. So we got pheasant hunts on Wednesday. Hallelujah! I'm ready. You ready to go? You're gonna be able to. You're gonna be able to make it. I'm gonna make it. You feeling better? Yeah. You found out you got you had pneumonia. Yeah, well, I'm celebrating that because I thought I was about to die from lung cancer. and I went two-hour trip to get blood, and I wound up being there for four days. When did you get out? You got out yesterday or today? Yeah, yesterday morning, about 11. We, Those, did, we trained some dogs today. Yeah, we had a pretty good session this morning. Those ladies at the hospital treat you good, don't they? Oh, man, they're my buddies. They're, <laughs> they're, they are. They're excellent. Is there anybody that's in and out of our hospital in Knox City more than you? Oh, I don't know. I don't suppose. I tell them I'm their job security. <laughs> there's days you're the only patient in the hospital. There's been some, a couple, not very many, but there's never a whole tremendous lot, but two and three, me and two or three more or something a lot of times. So are you excited that we got Bo here to help you with pheasant hunts? Yeah. I like well, or what, did, what did you say early before Ron came in? I said, Dad's going to be a pain in the ass sometimes, probably, during this deal <laughs> endeavor. Hell, I've been fired from this place so many times. That What's one more time going to hurt? Uh, they used to fire me twice a week. <laughs> you yeah, know, you know, Jeff true. said in, in a previous podcast that he would give anything to have you show up late and be waiting for well, dinner and have Ron show up late. I said, well, hunting season's coming, so you'll probably get your wish. Let me rephrase that. That's would, what he said. I would give anything to go back to 15 years ago when we were doing pheasant hunts and you were doing three a day a lot of times and you'd come in here dragging ass at dinner at 6 o'clock and pull up at 6.35 and my wife was bitching at me because they're trying to get food, you know, get everybody done fed and the bird cleaning boys have been waiting on you for an hour. I would get, I would give anything to them because I'm going to miss those days. I'm not really actually going to miss that part of the deal. but He said he wants to have it happen again this year. One day year. I'm going to look back and I'm going to wish that you were going to come in late and look down that road for you to come in. And you know what, Dad? I really don't know if cancer is ever going to get a hold of you because you've had every freaking thing possible. They, they they could write a book of medicine on the shit that's been wrong with you, and you just keep chugging along. Well, cancer may kill me, but it ain't going to be today. Well, that's, that's good. But you just, you've been fighting this for – you've been fighting being sick for – how when did you graduate high school, Andy? Oh six, but you didn't have cancer in 06. No, I just had a heart attack, yeah. A bad one. Six bypasses. Yeah. Well, I don't. I didn't feel it, but that's what they told me after I woke up. But I had. Yeah, you took Andy to Hooters, and that's it. You know, I'll tell you a funny story about that, too, is Dad was at the hospital, and they were going to take him back for open-heart surgery. And the last thing Dad said to me was, he goes, Jeff, he goes, don't fucking leave this place without me. I go, huh? This was he goes, in Seymour? This is, no, this is in Wichita Falls. And they're fixing to take him, crack him open and cut on his heart, take it out of his body. I go, what? He goes, I'm going back with you to Knox City today. He said, they're going to operate on me, and I'm going to turn around and go home with y'all tonight. Mm-hmm. I said, Dad, the only way you're going home tonight is if you're in a fucking hearse. You're not leaving here tonight. <laughs> By God, I am too. And we, we, we had the surgery started about 6 in the morning. Tony had been an all-night bender, been out the night before, and Tony fell asleep on the floor in the waiting room at a fucking hospital, and the security guard made Tony get up. I'll never forget that shit. <laughs> they thought he was a bum from off the streets. <laughs> I told Michelle, I said, this is fucking embarrassing. Well, you need to tell me it's your brother. Fuck, we don't know who he is. Just let's leave. I wanted to leave and just leave him there, you know? So, anyways, Dad had his surgery, went eight, and we come back. And they about two o'clock they call it's about eight hours it's six to eight hour surgery and they call us back in there and the guy's got this chart and he's going through everything he done for dad. 
motherfucker might have been speaking Chinese. Fuck, yeah. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And he gets done, and he tells me, he goes, your dad is going to sleep for most of the day today and probably tomorrow. I told him, I said, listen, I said, we live about 100 miles from here. And I said, we've been here since 6 this morning. We left our, ta- our town at 430. I said, if we go home tonight, is he going to wake up and be a problem at all? He goes, no, 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 no. He won't even wake up today. I said, okay. Because I know Tony's fucking tired. He's sleeping the floor. So Tony rides home with us because he's too tired to even drive home. So Tony rides back, and we're going to go see Dad the next day. Well, we get home about 4.30 or 5, and we're just sitting around the house. The boys were at school. We get all that shit done, you know. Shell's cooking dinner, or we're fixing to eat or something. And the phone rings, and it's fucking Dad on the phone. Where you at? I'm at home where you called me at. Well, goddamn, I'd sure like to have a cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm like, what? He said, yeah, I'd like to have a cheeseburger. It's like, shit. I said, how do you feel? I feel good. Hungry. I, I'd like Hungry. To, I'm ready to come home. I said, they're not going to let you come home. Well, I fucking I know that, but I want a cheeseburger. It's like, shit. So I called Tony. I said, you ain't going to believe this shit. I said, dad is fucking up. I said, what? I said, yeah, he wants a cheeseburger. So we called our mom. And my mom went and stayed with dad that night and visited with him at the hospital and took him a cheeseburger. But dad don't remember any of that because it was all on the medicine and shit. But then dad gets out of the hospital on day two. The man, they cut him and fucking split him open, take his heart out. And in two days, they send him home and he come and lived with us. And that was the longest 60 days of my life, those three days that dad lived with us. And dad did not sleep he was supposed to sleep 22 hours a day he slept maybe one or two he wouldn't keep his feet up he argued about everything his medicines he'd bitch i'd give him medicine why goddamn why are you making me take this medicine you're changing it up no it's what the doctor said and thank god dad got an infection in his heart and he had to go back and stay at the hospital <laughs> for 30 days that was the best thing ever we so got- so what's the story of, of jeff breaking you out of the seymour hospital oh well i was Ready to go. It's time to go duck hunting. But but what were you in the Seymour Hospital for? Well, Heart? I had a cramp in my chest. Went in there and they locked me up. And, and that, in those days, did they do a little cat? Uh, what they call the heart test? Uh, Pet scan. MRI. MRI. You mean EKG? EKG. When EKG. they do an EKG, they had to wire it to Chicago or somewhere <coughs> for somebody to read it and then send it back. Wow. The best part of that whole trip was there was a kid about 18 years old in the ICU with Dad, and he tried to commit suicide. So Dad's laid up in the ICU. In Seymour, Texas. In Seymour, Texas. That's where we're at. Why the fuck we didn't drive? Well, after we found him, he didn't have a heart attack, we just drove to Wichita, 40, and an hour drive further away. So Dad's in the hospital, and the kid asked, Dad asked that kid, he goes, what, what, what the fuck are you in here for? And that kid said, oh, I, I tried to kill myself. And Dad goes, well, how'd you do it? He said, well, I tried to cut myself and showed his arm and little cuts on it. Dad goes, God damn, that's not how you kill yourself. He said, fuck, if you want to kill yourself, get your shotgun, put it in your mouth, pull the trigger. He said, that'll fucking do it. They had that kid out of there in about five minutes, boy, into another room by himself. They wanted him away from Dad fast. So you called Jeff and said, hey, pick me up in the alley in five minutes? I had to pick him up. I had to go, and he he told me he said pick me up outside, and I drove up, and Dad jumped in the truck and drove off. (laughs) You unhooked everything? I just unplugged all that shit Away you went. Away we went. Well, <laughs> Dr. Mendoza come in there. said, I'm going duck hunting Sunday, Ron. I said, yeah, so am I. I said, no, you ain't. I said, hide and watch, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking unhook yourself. And that's the guy that was the doctor when I went in Wichita the other night at Cal West. Okay, let's let's get to this year now. We'll, let's get off Dad being sick in the hospitals because we talked for six days on that shit because he'd never been to the hospital. Until okay, so Bo is here from South Carolina or from Georgia. Welcome aboard. And uh, Dad, you did not know this, but Bo is almost a celebrity. His girlfriend is dating probably the Heisman Trophy winner. I'll be damned. I'm not much of a football fan, so I don't know who you're talking about. Me, but Me neither. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, something Bo really loves to talk about. Hey, Dad, so. you can put your phone up. I'm trying to turn the motherfucker off. Let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, I like how he went to his life. We hadn't said fuck 50 times yeah. already. Maybe he's got an image to uphold. I don't know. Okay, so, Dad. Um, oh, shit. How do you turn the, it off? Did Ollie just wind? fart? I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. So, you, you and Bo are going to work together and stuff. You are 76 years old? Not yet. Okay, you're 75. <laughs> you are 20 years old. Yes, sir. What kind of knowledge do you expect to learn this year from Ron Stanfield? I hope I learn a little bit about everything. Maybe some dog training, some uh, pheasant hunting, and... Maybe some field duck hunting from him. 
Well, Dad's not an expert on field duck hunting. That would be me. <laughs> but pheasant hunting, bird hunting, Dad knows a lot about the dogs and stuff. Have you have y'all started out? Y'all been working with dogs last couple of days. We've been working with dogs what last two three days. Well, last night and today, messing around. So, have you got bored yet? Not at all. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts of living in Knox City, Texas, since you've just now got here for two days? It's not that much different than uh, than South Georgia. Everything's well, shoot, it's no trees. Every, everything looks different, but uh, small towns everywhere. Do you enjoy the flat open range? I love it. I could ride around for hours. I did yesterday. Me and just, Ed, me and Ed jumped in the truck yesterday and rode around and just looked at stuff. Just looked at stuff. Did Ed know where everything was? Ed knows where everything is. Did he knew where all the fields were? Everywhere. Did he know the names too, or he just he knew that we had it? Ed knows everything. Everything about everything around here, it seems like. It does. We were out of coffee filters one day, and we're fucking looking around. Tell them, hey, we need more. We, we got to order more coffee filters. Ed's gone for about 30 seconds. He comes back with a stack of coffee filters <laughs> like that. Six months. He, he knows where everything is. He does. He's really good about that stuff. He's a good hand. But uh, Have you seen Dad throw a fit yet? Today, a little yeah. bit. Dad did? Hank, yeah. Well, we were yeah. training dogs. And Hank, uh, so what we did today is we Ron found some pigeons, and uh, we were working Lou, but Lou wasn't really getting excited because he was getting a retrieve the whole time. So Ron went and got Hank, and then we let Hank retrieve, and Lou just sat and watched. And we got some re- reactions out of him, but uh, Bo went and got his dog, and we were throwing it for, for Bo's dog, and Hank broke a couple times, and Ron got a little pissy. Did you get mad at him, Dad? Not mad. I believe mad he said, God damn it, Hank, you cheating bastard, get back over here. Well, that's part of his first name. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that. That's one of Hank's first times out, isn't it? Since pheasant hunting. He, he's got a lot of miles on him. He knows what he's doing, don't he? Yeah, he knows. Is he one of the smartest dogs you ever had? <clears throat> you love all your animals, though. Oh, he's the smartest son of a bitch I ever had my hands on. All he is? Yes, sir. But you can't hunt him. Well, maybe. I don't think he can hunt because of all the the stickers and shit. Because of his car, it don't look that bad. Well, you ain't the one that has to get them all out of I'll him. I test drive. I take care of him. I test drive him. But you think he's that smart a dog? Yes, sir. I think a, <clears throat> he's got wheels. He's got a nose. He's birdie. He's got the game prey drive. He's got everything that you look for in a dog. Fast. You, you think you can get him to point? I probably could in a little while. But I'd start him flushing with the others, and uh, but he may point on his own. That's something that some of them just do. I wish we wouldn't have had him cut when he was a baby puppy. Why? I'd like to breed him to. I'd like to breed him to a standard full size poodle, and have some labradoodle puppies like that. Where that because because he's he's what they call a level one or a level two. I don't I don't know all that shit, and I'm sure there's some labradoodle experts going to correct me because don't matter what we talk about, someone out there is an expert on it. But he shed still, and he wasn't supposed to shed. The next level up, they don't shed anymore. The doodles, the poodle part comes into that, but now there's golden doodles, and there's a lot of crossbred dogs. But, you know, the Labradors mostly are pretty smart for the most part. Poodles are too, aren't they? The poodles are a hunting dog from back. I think they might have used to use them hunting lions or something. Have y'all uh, have y'all talked about the Silver Labs before? No, don't. No, Ron, Ron, what do you think about the Silver Labs? Weimaraners. Part Weimaraner. I'm not a friend fan of it. The AKC outlawed it. A, See, they put it in and then the they took it out. Yeah, they had a big fight to get it in, and then it, I think somewhere somebody crossed the Weimaraner with a chocolate lab. I really do believe that. But even or like, a yellow. <clears throat> have you ever seen a silver up close? I have. Like their eyes are different. They look like they have look the ones that I've seen look like they all have like that Weimaraner right eye eyeballs, kind of that yellowish. Have you ever hunted with a good silver lab, Andy? I've hunted with some. <laughs> <laughs> They're not very good dogs that I've been around. Well, that's no. I'm not saying I like yeah. them. I was just bringing it up for the point. Yeah. No, I conversation. I, I don't think that they're not good, but they're not good. But they don't have. They don't have grit that some dogs, but English dogs don't have a lot. You can beat them up too much, too. Don't make them a bad dog. But then when somebody tells you that dog's tough, I got to shock him every day for something. Well, that dog ain't tough. He's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I have to correct him every day for the same thing. 
Well, um, back to the Labradoodle stuff. Did, before you said it, did you see the guy that invented the Labradoodle said he wished he hadn't done it? Why? Said he created a monster. Said people, he said it's just, it's just, it's it's not good now. I wonder why. He said it's just a monster. You get these breeding farms and he said it's Too just. Too much crossing. Said it's just not something that he would ever do again. If, well, if he knew what was, if he knew the monster he was creating, he would have never done it. Well, we've only had one, and the one we got is a good dog. <clears throat> now we didn't get him to be a hunting dog, but he's a pet. But he's a smart son of a bitch. I'd like to breed Hank to a poodle. I guess you'd have to get one's permission. That'd be yeah. I'd better ask. If you've got a standard, dog. if you, it's a standard poodle, right? Yeah, just a female. If you've got poodle. a standard poodle and she's a little loose. We've got a great lab. We'd like to breed to her and have puppy. And we would like to kick. We'd we'd like a female out of it. But you take, you know, every every puppy that I've been around that Hank raised has been exceptional. Yeah, Lou, that's Lou's daddy, isn't he? Yes, all of them except for Clyde, Tony's well, dog. That's not Clyde's fault. <laughs> Tony's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna try to work on that. You got a lot of it, correcting to do, don't you, Dad? No, I don't think so much. I've fooled him. There's no correcting bit. to do. He fucking, there's nothing to correct. Does he not like to retrieve or nothing? Oh, he loves He's just a blank slate. There was no training to correct. No, <laughs> no I fooled him a little bit more summer before last. Dad, you've taken some real shitty dogs and turned them into pretty good dogs. And and I'm going to use my good friend Steve's dog. Steve brought that dog up here. had to been to a trainer for about a year. And we 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 dove hunted one day, and Steve had to walk the dog to the bird, and that fucking wears. That's the biggest problem I have, and that's the problem I have with the silver labs I've seen. Motherfuckers get out, walk with them halfway to the bird, and point to it, and hey, and then they're all excited about it. Woohoo! Yeah, you got a bird. Well, fuck, that's what they're supposed to do. But that's not the dog's fault, right? But you took Thunder, and you done some correcting. Thunder's a damn good dog. Yeah, yeah. But when he come back, I told you, I said that fucking dog sucks. No, it doesn't either. I said that dog ain't got no drive, Dad. And I'm not a dog expert by any means, but I've been around a lot of dogs, and I've seen you train lots of dogs. And you've, you've, you're a real patient, and I've seen you turn a lot of bad dogs into good dogs. Your first dog was a piece of shit, Stardust. Yeah, if Stardust had known what I, she knew when I gave her away, I never would have had all these other dogs. Yeah, you turned her into a good dog. But when we first got her, she was not very good at all. She wouldn't even let you in the truck. Yeah, she's <laughs> a fucking mean bitch. But <clears throat> I had to get them in the truck before she'd get in. Or anybody, I mean. But if somebody was in the truck, she'd be fine? If somebody was already in the truck. If they were in there, she'd go in there and they'd just be hunky-dory. But, boy, if if she was in there and somebody else started to get in there, you could tape a $100 bill on the floor to pick up and park it down in the worst part of town on Saturday night, and that damn $100 bill would still be there Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Back to the Labradoodle deal. So you got a Labradoodle. Ollie's a good dog. You think you can turn him into a dog? I think I can. Hell, he's got all the tools. I just don't want to deal with all the stickers and shit. And he can outrun anything on the lot. He's a fast dog. I'll give you that. Now, I don't mean to sound ugly when I say this, but the pheasant hunting, it's a little bit, you just got to go for, for like flushing and stuff. Yeah, like Ollie's not going to have to know hand signals or anything like that. He's yeah. basically just got to follow oh, the line. be able to reel him in if he gets... Trail of the bird and goes too far away, just be able to reel him back. Right. The same thing with with Clyde. With Clyde, he can just go follow Hank, not get too far. What Andy's nicely trying to say is that that dog's really not trained like his dog is. No, no, no. That's not what I'm I'm saying. For Ollie's sake and Clyde's sake, who don't really have a whole lot of training, the pheasant hunting should be pretty easy for them to to do because all they got to do is follow Hank when thunder and not get too far out. Just working in front of the guns and hunting. It's the only thing we got to do. For trained, he's a trained dog, but right. But you just got to be able to have control over him. That's. I mean, and Clyde and Ollie don't even really have to pick anything up. So, Bo, are you nervous about being trained by Dad to do this? Because you know you're you're going to be kind of like trained also. <laughs> a little bit. I'm just hoping he don't put the collar on me. <laughs> well, that's something we were going to address with you later. Okay. <laughs> We've got one, but we hook it up to your balls. Well, <laughs> he told me something about putting a collar on a dog's ass too. Well, I do that all the time. Yeah. You didn't know that ever happened either, did you? I hope I don't get one of those. We did it with Lou when we were doing something with the set. The set, they just nailed their ass to the ground, and it just (laughs) saved beating them with a damn stick. Just weld that ass to the ground. (laughs) I think, well, I'm trying to, we've got pictures of Lou. He had a collar around his neck and a collar around his ass. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't getting a collar around his ass now. 
No. There ain't a collar big enough to fit we were all three. We were all three talking today about Hank and Lou, and neither one of them, they're not near as fat as what you're pretending to be. I can, still, I can still see Lou's back two ribs, which Ron says is perfect. <laughs> Lou is not perfect. There's no way. cold water, he's just right. Go yeah, if he right, lived in Siberia. You can see his back two ribs, which is perfect. You can see him. And, you the know. first eight of them son of a bitches are under eight foot, eight inches of blubber. Well, you can see the back two, Andy, though, and that's all that counts. You can't tell me that you're happy with the condition that Lou's in right now. I am happy. Honestly. I am. Ha- he, he didn't hardly break a sweat out there today. He sounded like a fat kid in a bakery the oh. other day when we were hunting, and you know it. He did. He did perfect. Dad, today. do you think he's never got seemed that, out of breath? His tail, his uh, losing hair on his tail. Do you think he's got that hypo? I don't know. I I read, tried to read a little bit about that last night, and everything that I read, they losing weight instead of gaining. But I think, he, like I well, said, he damn I, sure ain't got that Andy shit. Andy says I'm got hypo and hyper confused. Is it hyperthyroidism? Is hypo what he has? is what he has hypo. I don't know if he has hypo or not. I'm not taking him to a fucking vet for uh, a made-up condition. It's not a made-up condition. That's a, that's a hy- hypothyroidism is something that fat people that can't lose weight come, have come up with. Well, goddamn, I've got it. You don't see me going around bragging it, about it. Exactly. <laughs> I beat the I, fuck out of anorexia. I, I, can't, I can't lose weight. I got a thyroid condition. No, motherfucker, you got eating condition the same as Lou does. First of all. Ain't I'm, nothing wrong with Lou except for he likes to eat and it's been too fucking hot to do anything up until recently. I've never seen a guy go around saying he's got hypothyroid. It's always a woman that's got that. Oh, I got a thyroid condition. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got a fucking spoon condition. A Keep it out of the condition. ice cream and you'll lose all that weight that you don't want on you. But the 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 weight, I'm not worried about. If I'm worried about anything, it's the it's the hair loss on his tail. That's a sign of hypothyroid. Ah, fuck. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, he's he's losing, damn sure losing it on his tail. Yeah. And the guy said that that his dog had it, and that's what he had. He could I, he have it. He didn't lose it on his tail, I don't think. I think he lost it on his rump. No, he said on his tail. I read the net. Oh. The same message you did. It said my dog had lost hair on its tail, and he was getting excessively fat and blubbery. See, he's not excessively fat and blubbery. There, he's gained weight, but he's not excessive He's at the all. second fattest dog we've ever had up here. They used to Bear, Bear came in here one year when after Dane got married. And Bear had been cooped up on the refrigerator and the sofa all year long eating bonbons. Looked just like Lou. I love Lou to death. Lou's a great dog. He stayed with me for a couple of days. He's got a deep chest and his it goes up. He's got a nice cut where his back legs are. I, I just don't think that there's as much wrong with him as what you're painting the picture to be. I didn't say anything wrong with him. Even both. Like you've got this, you've got all these people listening thinking that he's just this fat piece of shit. We were training. I never said a piece of shit. And Bo came out there and he said, "My goodness, he's not near as fat as what Jeff made him out to be." The motherfucker weighs 140 pounds. He no. doesn't weigh that no. much. What's he? Th- what do you think he weighs? 85, 90 pounds. Shit, that motherfucker! Weigh, you could take a leg off, huh? I bet he don't weigh 100. You want to bet on this too? We're gonna weigh his ass. I promise you, he weighs more than 100 fucking pounds. How are you gonna weigh him? Well, first of all, he can't jump in a truck. You got to pick him up and put him in there. You know, that's something that you got to train your own, Jeff. <laughs> if you're not training your, your, your vertical, then it goes away. So you use it or lose it. Lou used to look like Gronk because he was thin and bulky. Now he looks like fucking Vince Wolfork, the big fat black guy that used to be that's the defensive tackle. 1,600 birds. <laughs> now he'll that thin up in. during hunting season. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm, I'd be interested in weighing him, though, because I, I, I'd like to know, too. Because that, that's the question I get all the time when guys say, how much do he weigh? I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know. He and then he said, is she pregnant? <laughs> I, I'll bet Lou weighs 125 pounds right now. He doesn't, I don't know. think he weighs 125. Have you, ever, have you ever even seen a dog that weighs 125? No. Well, Not a lab. Yeah. I've seen a couple that were way up there, but they were tall as shit, too. I bet he weighs 90 I bet it's a high 90s. 98 pounds. Hey, Ed, how much do you think what Lou weighs? All of it. All of it. Would you say, I say 125 pounds. You're way off. Huh? He can't jump in the truck. That's, he can't jump in the truck. That's what it, he gets stuck in the air. There's no way he weighs 125. He's a big old dog. I think he's 93, 94. I think he's in the high 90s. Hank's only about 80, 79 or 80. Problem is, I got to take him all the way. We don't have a vet in town, so I got to take him all the way to fucking Haskell to. to well, you got some scales. You, you hold him. You oh, you'll hurt your back if you have to hold him. Go by the elevator. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know. If I'm portraying him as a big, fat, lard dog, he's not a lard dog. He's a big, oversized dog. He's overweight. He's tall. He's a great hunting dog. A great dog. He's not a great citizen because he'll get in the trash and nose around. Yeah. He's a good dog. He's a good pet, and I love him to death. And I, 
I'm just afraid he's going to fall over. It's a race between me and him who's going to roll over one day. And I'm, I hope it's, betting, I'm betting it's going to be Lou first. How you put me uh, in the race with that? Dad, you ain't I going nowhere. I'm, I'm starting, to, starting to wonder if you are. Even Dad's cancer doctor told us that. <laughs> he said, well, I give him 12 to 18, maybe 24 months. But hell, who am I kidding? He says, every time I tell him he's got a year or two, he goes another two years past that. Because so. of leukemia, you're supposed to be dead from that a year ago. Yeah, Benton had leukemia for 30 years. Yeah, different know. kind of leukemia, though. That's a different kind. That is. All right, let's quit talking about cancerous depressing. Mm. Let's talk about this pheasant season. So, Bo, this is new to you the way we do things. A little bit, yes, sir. And you're going to learn the thing that I learned when I was two years old. There's a right way, a wrong way, and Ron's way of doing things. Mm. And Ron's way is a pretty good system. And so long as you don't get in the way of it. Yes. What did you tell me the other day? It, it, it's not always the right thing, but it, it works. Whatever, I don't remember. But that's, <laughs> probably, that's probably about true. So, so we, we, we'll do a pheasant hunt. So we start pheasant hunting this next week. And anybody that's looking for a pheasant hunt, want to hunt with, with, with Ron and Bo and Ed and, and the dogs. You can give us a call. I've got some weekdays. i got some weekdays. And we, I don't think I have any weekends, but I've got weekdays left on some pheasant hunts. But we do afternoon and morning pheasant hunts. We can package them with our ducks and goose hunts. So that's a little free infomercial there from Stanfield Hunting. But we got duck season opening this weekend. We're going to hunt Saturday and Sunday morning. And then Saturday afternoon, we're going to do a family hunt like we did last year. And guess what I found us to hunt on, Dad? Field. Yes. We're going to field hunt Saturday afternoon. Good deal. Now, we're going to do like we did last year. This is a field with no birds on it. Traffic. We're going to traffic hunt and try to shoot some birds. And that's the plan for Saturday afternoon. But there's birds fairly close. Yeah, a lot of ducks. We have a lot of ducks here. we got a front. Big front here will be Thursday and Friday. Not a big front, but the high is going to be around 50 degrees on Thursday and I think 55 or 60 on Saturday or Friday. Cloudy, cool. So we're going to have some normal weather for a change at least. And yeah, help. high is 56 on Thursday, 60, 67. And then next week we got another front coming. Yep. It's supposed to freeze. Let me pitch the pheasant hunts a little bit more. There's, if you was to go to Dallas, Texas, and go to one of the big churches down there and talk to any men's group, probably 65 or 70% of the guys in that group go somewhere once a year to dove hunt, traditional. And if you keep talking to them, maybe 45 or 50% of them go somewhere a pheasant hunt on opening weekend, Kansas, South Dakota, North Dakota. But, you know, they drive hours and hours and hours, and they can have more action in a couple hours out there in the field with us mm-hmm. than they get tromping for three days and nights through fields that are a half mile to a mile long and a little action <coughs> on the ends. And I challenge anybody to get – more bang for the buck than they can get right here. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters in Knox City, Texas. What you'll come to realize, Bo, is that pheasant hunts are a lifesaver. Whenever, and I've, we've talked about this to Ron a little bit, but if if I find out one of my guys has a pheasant hunt, fucking, I mean, I still want to kill birds in the morning, but I'm like, listen, they're at least going to get some trigger time on the pheasant hunt. So, That's right. I mean, I love it. I love it when I hear that guys have a pheasant hunt in the evening time because, uh, I mean, it's guaranteed pretty much. It's action. I mean, it, it's not hunting. It's it's shooting. People shoot. Some groups shoot a lot more percentage than others, but all the actions just, there. But there's action in in a couple hours where you might sit out there and in the field for goose hunting and for three or four hours and with very little action. But we know at least that the bird started out between that fence and that fence and that fence and. Everybody don't shoot everything they could some days, but once in a while, after we've done a few of them, there's a few extra birds maybe show up, and somebody might actually get one or two more than we put out. So now, since we're doing this field hunt uh, Saturday afternoon, are you still going to go with me Saturday morning to the Hearn, or you yeah. don't want to shoot your load? No, if I can, if I can get to the spot. Because I mean, it's all it's all solid walking. We're just going to hunt. I'm just going to set the A frame up. I can set the A-frame up on the Hearn and then just take it down. How many guys do I have Saturday? Um, I think there would be eight. You and Bo would be ten. Dad would be eleven. So that's uh, three A-frames. We can do that. Probably work. And then, I'm, I mean, like I said, it's it's just solid walking. I can, I can drop you off right to the edge. Then all you got to do is tromp your ass to the blind and we're we're ready to go. Sounds like a winner. You, but you can't shoot though, because that would be illegal. 
You know, shoot, if you can shoot, shoot, you just can't shoot a limit in yeah. the morning and the afternoon. So if you shoot one in the morning, you can oh, only okay. shoot five that, that evening. Keep you legal, Ron. I don't want you to get a ticket. Well, I've always said when I die, I'm going to be grown as a great, known as a great conservationist. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at helping get stuff up there where you can shoot and scare hell out of it, but I might not be a very good shot anymore. Dad, you've killed a shitload of geese in your life. Oh, I have, but I don't shoot as good as I used to. Well, this will also be the first year you're hunting with uh, the spectacles on. That, that's that got to help some. Last year you didn't have glasses. Well, we'll see about that. I, I think these bifocals, I think, are causing me a lot of my problems walking around. I think I may have to just I think that's the lung cancer and <laughs> 75 years old. I don't think that's got to do with the glasses. Well, that ground moves around sometimes on... <laughs> you did a lot of before you were 40 you, you walked a lot when the ground was moving around a lot oh yeah it always moved in <laughs> had a lot of encouragement <laughs> too much enthusiasm sometimes this is your pheasant team this year people yes so. <laughs> you have a lot of laughs Bo, are you nervous a little bit are you why are you, you nervous ha- you already asked him that jeff no i did while i got you him. don't worry about i'm worried i might get a shot color put on my ass that could happen I've had one stuck on mine before. <laughs> Why? Just oh, want to see what it Tony. did? Oh. No, Tony. Oh. No, Dad was Dad had Dad shocked Tony. So Tony, Tony took a Tony or me. I think I'm the one that did it. Maybe I don't remember. One of us stuck Dad's old Ford pickup, got in a seat, and he stuck the collar where the two prongs were like sticking out of it. So Dad sat down, and his old ass crack was sitting right on it, and you know Dad's ass crack shows a lot. So dad's ass crack was sitting right on it and going down the road. Tony fucking hit that some bitch. One of us did. Shocked him. Dad, goddamn, and he'd jump up and shit trying to drive and shit. And said, what, what's wrong? Hot damn spring in my damn seat going out. <laughs> shit, some bitch. And sit back down and hit him again. God About four times we started laughing, realized Tony was shocking his ass. That transmitter down beside his leg. <laughs> but I got him back. How'd you get him back? I had a dog's kennels that were made out of fiberglass pipe. And then a chainless fabric on them, so it wasn't grounded to the ground. Mm-hmm. So I went out there and hooked the wire up on that and sent Tony out there to get something out of that pen or something. <laughs> you know, that's, that's child abuse. They probably arrested you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Might have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a life. So, <clears throat> let's talk into duck hunting. Now, we're going to do some field duck hunting. We're going to hunt traffic. Probably there may be some birds in the field. We're going to run. There's going to probably be eight to ten of us. Yeah. How, how many decoys are we going to put up? What do you think spread's going to be like? Uh, it'll be... Zach's coming hunting, he told me. It'll be probably ten dozen uh, dive bomb silhouettes. And depending on if there's any ducks in the field, uh, it's gonna. if there's no ducks in the field and it's strictly traffic, it'll be six six spinners like I've preached all summer. So we're just going to run ten dozen duck decoys or ten dozen goose decoys? Ten dozen duck decoys. We're going to throw out some spec decoys just for looks? I don't know. That's what we did last year. We put we out might. I don't a couple know. dozen. Maybe. Well, if well, there's geese in the area. Or teasing people when the season ain't open yet. Well, it's all us. And we know nobody's going to shoot because it's us. They will be there. I can guarantee you this, though. We have uh, five dozen pintails. They are going to be out for. They will look good. For, uh, you know, sight travels further than sound. So we'll get those those white ones out there. And I think that'll help quite a bit. Well, I'm freaking fired up. I love field duck hunting. So, I cannot wait. God almighty. It's like so, Christmas Day coming. So you five dozen. Well, uh, maybe not five. Maybe we, we might not do all five dozen pintails, but we'll at least have two dozen of those. And then probably two bags of mallard silhouettes, some socks, some spinners. Be yep. it. Are you looking forward to your first field duck? Because you've never field hunted, right? Never. Not ducks. So, tell us. Let's talk about hunting in Statesboro, Georgia. How what, what what are you scouting when you go scout for geese at home? For geese, mm-hmm. shoot, we hadn't shot geese that much. Uh, we found a we found a pond that where they were sitting at a roost pond, and then uh, found a loaf pond a couple miles away, and just got on the field in between them, and were able to cut some off. But so you feel that, you you were fronting traffic? Yes, sir. What kind of how big a spread are you putting out? <sighs> 26, 27 decoys, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's not. That's normal, though. That The guys yeah. listening to us, that's not that unusual. Right. Everybody listens. I had a guy tell me this one time. He said, you know, Jeff, he said, I love y'all's podcast. I love how y'all keep it real. But he goes, it's hard for me to relate to putting out right. 50 dozen, you know. Shoot, we don't have a field big enough to put 50 To 100 dozen, dozen decoys because we don't hunt that way. And We've he, got fields here that 50 dozen looks small. Right. Yeah. 
and it's a different game. But what you're talking about and you're laughing right. about is the normal where you're at. Yeah, we were on maybe a 10-acre field, and here yeah. we're hunting what? several hundred acre fields or a thousand yeah, the, acre fields the field will hunt on uh sunday saturday afternoon duck hunt will be i would guess 160 acre probably that's about what it is that's about uh, our average peanut field here's probably an 80 acre pivot maybe some are 120 acre pivots i told him about the cr though that we hunt out there yeah, 6500 6, 6, acres of wheat yeah. in one field yep yep that's a lot of wheat crossroads in it for the oil well traffic to get around so mm. where, where do you uh i gotta go you gotta go yep i got my eye doctor appointment well, how do i turn this all you gotta do is hit that stop button right there well all right bye people uh ron bo thank you for hopping on here sorry i gotta hop off so early but uh you can wear these if you want what time's your appointment 2 30 in stanford you better hurry up so i gotta go all right so anyways uh so what, what kind of when you scout what are you looking for how many birds you seeing i think there we saw uh you know usually maybe maybe 200 maybe and they're all big birds graders. all big birds how big a bird y'all shooting 10 12 pounders shoot we killed one the other day that was maybe 13 14 pounds okay i was glad you didn't say over 20 because i said well you're gonna catch a rash no, no but yeah mostly 10 12 pound birds 10 or 12 pound birds and so what do you call it what do you use for a call 737 there you go that's the only one i ever had i just started just started buying a you're goose learning call how to goose year, call so. you're more of a duck hunter that's right yes sir a goose and pheasant guy i mean duck and pheasant guys what we hired you to do and that's gonna be your job yes right? sir you're gonna fit in good because you got a good personality and you take shit real well and that's a good thing <laughs> because here you gotta take shit. oh if you don't and and what's there's gonna be one two three four, there's five other guys will be here yeah six i just talked to logan a minute ago he was actually just texting me there's, so. be, there's six seven guys gonna be here and they're all gonna tell you the same the ones that have been here just they kind of there's a pecking order that happens but everybody gets along great but you definitely someone's gonna take shit i pick on everybody <laughs> so i'm pretty equal about it yeah and someone that takes shit don't get that much i mean they get it but they don't but right. boy if you fucking let people know that fucking bothers you <laughs> it's on dad have you seen many changes around here with all the guys that's come and gone oh andy left and lose whining oh yeah there's been a lot of well, I don't know how to say it, but evolving. When we started out, we didn't any of us know as much about some of the stuff as we do now. And we've we've learned a lot along the way. It's kind of a hit or miss deal to start with. Oh, I can remember the first time I hunted in peanuts. Jeff come walking up and said, "Close your eyes, Dad." about three bushel worth of stubble in my face and now we know how to hide and that's the secret of goose hunting really is getting hid you know what you told me that morning i'll never forget yeah i remember what'd you say we'll start out god damn it you can't expect people to come out here and pay money to get treated like this <laughs> yeah that's it never worked that that and them red fucking boots you were. We hunted one time on a wheat field, and Dad had some fireman red boots, and the fucking birds kept flaring, and I couldn't figure out why. And I look over, and Dad's got on some damn red fucking boots. Feet didn't get wet, oh, though. Oh, fuck. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> Went and put a fucking decoy on his feet. Dad, is that your phone, or is it? That's the one Andy turned off. Steve Barber. <laughs> Imagine, he tried to call me and me go to it, and I didn't answer him either. Uh, <clears throat> Try to jump on some other things let's talk about. Um, people ask me all the time why we don't do chucker hunts. Dad, explain why we don't do a bunch of chuckers. Chuckers are they'll they'll, they'll all come together and then they run like blue cap quail and they won't fly. They covey. If you can if you can just get them spotted here and there and scattered out, well they fly like a quail on cocaine. But but they just call each other up and there'll be one big flock across over in the neighbor's field somewhere and they'll say, "Boy, you got some funny looking quail out here." So, so if we put out 50 chuckers, there's going to be one big flock of 50 chuckers within an hour. Pretty quick. The ones that you don't get right away, you probably ain't ever going to get. So is it better to just put one bird here and one bird there and put maybe six out than it is to put all 50 out? Well, we hunt too small an area. If you had a big, big field and you was riding horseback or something behind the bird dogs, it would work better. But these birds, too, when they're close enough to call each other, why well, at time you get the dogs out, they'll be covered up and running down the dam. <laughs> now, Bo, did you do any of the horseback hunting in Georgia? No, sir. Dad, I don't think I can see you on a horse. It's been a long time. But I getting up there would be the worst first hard part. <laughs> so getting on the horse would be the tough part. That would be the, the start, at least. 
So, Bo, what else you got to chime in on? What 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 do you bring to Stanfield hunting? Let's ask that. You're awful silent over there. Brought a dog with me. <laughs> what do you look forward to about this job? Well, I love to hunt, and I love hanging out with people and meeting new people and taking new people hunting. So uh, it's kind of the perfect combination, all of those things. What made you think about coming here to work? It seemed like the, the opportunity was here, and uh, it was in Texas, and it wasn't in some brutally cold-ass place like the Dakotas or somewhere. So, Did you have anybody tell you you're screwing up by coming to work here? Yes. Not, not coming to work here in particular, but I had people tell me left and right that, you know, becoming a guide ain't what it's cracked up to be. You're going to get tired of it. You don't want to hunt anymore. You know, this and that. It'll make you not want to hunt. There, there's some truth to that. Yeah, I think, I think the part about not wanting to hunt, I think if you got the desire to hunt, you're going to hunt. Right. Maybe never want you to make you guide again. A lot of people take that there's a misconception when you guide, you're getting to hunt all the time. Cause I, and I, I've had a lot of young guides do that. Right. And I, and to be honest with you, I think that's what the problem was last year. I don't think it was a perk because he's a very nice kid. He was. Got a kid that worked here last year. He didn't make it. Good kid. I just think he thought it was going to be on a, an adventure of getting to hunt every day. Well, you get a hunt every day, but you're not hunting. There's many days you don't pull the trigger. Right. Dad, when's the last time you carried a gun on a pheasant hunt? Shit, I ain't never carried. There you go. That, that, but, yeah. but guys, all the time, young guys think, "Well, shit, I'm gonna go hunt." You don't get a hunt. You're right. working. But it, it, it's a level. Like it's like shooting ducks. I'm gonna get the hell. I enjoy field duck hunting. I can't wait to pull the trigger on that. But I sit in my truck every day within 200 yards or 150 yards of a spread, and I sit and watch with binoculars. And to me, that's as fun as sitting in the spread is because I enjoy that. Yes, but you don't get to shoot much. Right. And you're gonna deal with some real assholes. I'm telling you right now before <laughs> this starts, you're gonna have some assholes. Now, pheasant hunting, we don't have near as many as we do in waterfowl for some reason. I don't know why, but I don't. Dad smooths it over, I guess, with the people. So I don't have a lot of bitching about that. And and we see some different people that are pheasant hunters that don't do anything else. And I was going to tell you this when we was talking about the Labradoodle. I forgot about this. That's why I kept going back to it, and I forgot about this. I had a guy that's got a hunt booked, and he asked me the other day. He said, hey, a buddy of mine wants to come on a hunt. wants to know if he can bring his dog. I was like, you've got a private party, so if you want to bring a dog, you're welcome to. But I, we really, I don't like people bringing their own dog. It just don't work out good. And you can tell a guy his wife's got a fat ass, and he won't get mad. But if you say, hey, your dog's not any good, they take it personal. And this guy says, yeah, my buddy's got a poodle pointer. I have no fucking clue what kind of dog. I wrote myself cross, a note on Cross between an English pointer and a poodle, probably. I, I'm assuming. I don't know. But I wrote myself a note on there, ask about the dog after they leave, because I'm going to be in Oklahoma when it's here. But I'm curious to see how that works out. It might be great. Yeah. I mean, there's been some versatile dogs that do a very good job. I'm not saying that. I'm just curious to see what this dog looks like and how he works out. One of the, the hard parts about mixing the dog in is – a lot of people don't want another dog to come flush your bird that their dog's pointing because because it might get the dogs not to stay and holding their point. That's a, that's that's something that's got to be worked out. This guy's not coming on a hunt with y'all. He's coming goose hunting with this dog. <clears throat> oh. It's a poodle pointer that he's coming on a goose hunt. That's why I'm curious to see. I know there's a lot of them that can point and do that kind of stuff, but this what? dog – Goose hunting is the hardest dog work for a dog, I think. It is, and, and the most unfair, kind of. But on probably a lot better chance of it working out well on land than it would be a water setup. Well, we don't do the water setup, so right. that, that works again. I'm just curious to see how this dog does with a – you know, there's, there's times geese come in and we kill one, and sometimes we kill 20 birds out of a flock or 18. It rains geese. And they got to hurry up and get the birds because there's birds coming from somewhere, and we're going to try to hurry up and get them. And there's a rush to it, and I just I'm curious to see how that goes. Yeah, like you you talked about before, the guys had to get up and walk to the edge of the decoys and stuff. Oh. That's, that's a big no no. Just you know, while you're up walking around that dog, a lot of times birds are trying to come, and then it screws that up. I had a guy from Louisiana on a field duck hunt doing that shit with his dog out there dicking around with the dog. And he's like, well, the, the birds are flaring when they get decoys. Well, yeah, because your fucking ass is sitting 50 yards from the decoys with your dog. Come back in the spread and I, I'm back in the blind. And then all of a sudden, mysteriously, they won't be flaring away 50 yards out. They're seeing you. They're not watching you at first. They're watching the decoys. And then when they break and they make that last turn, oh, shit, there's a man standing there with the fucking dog. And so they, they flare. Yeah, they flare. We've had a lot of groups come out here with two or three guys in each group maybe have their own dog. And while we hunt together all the time. 
They don't hunt here together all the time, and it's different. And they're doing things here that most of them are in a duck blind instead of laying out in the decoys, and there's just a lot of difference with that. And just like some of the things we're fooling with, we're working on introducing them, the dogs, to that. But you can't expect them to do something that they've never seen or done. And we've had groups out here, two or three guys, and then they all go home in different cars and they came because they're <laughs> pissed off about Charlie's dog or Joe's dog or something. So I'm just curious to see how that's going to work with that poodle pointer is what it was called. I'm, I'm just – I'd like to see how that works out. Interesting. <clears throat> and, you know, back to the silver labs we talked about earlier. First of all, I'm not saying there's not any good silver labs out there because there's a, there's something good out there everywhere. I mean, there's a right. there's a fucking Shetland pony that can run a goddamn quarter horse race probably, but there's not very few very many of them. But the ones that I've been around, I haven't seen a good one yet. But the ones that I've been around, the people that run them are defined about that about how good they really are. And it's like they have a built-in excuse for why that dog will you know, they just they think their dogs are wonderful. They're they're not very good dogs. I've seen two of them and they were both about as wide as this table. <laughs> Wide as the table? Yeah. Well, these I saw were thin. They just, but what's funny is when you see a picture of them on a page, they look like beautiful dogs. Because I remember about 15 years ago, Michelle saw one. She goes, Oh my God, we got to get a silver lab. Look, they got the beautiful eyes. Hmm. And there's this big block headed silver looking lab with these eyes. I'm like, Man, that's a pretty dog. And I said something to dad, God damn them, some bitches are hoax. They're not real. <laughs> and then, then when I've seen them lately, they've been around here, they look like a cross between a chocolate that ran some, through some kind of fucking paint or some shit. Yeah. They're not pretty, the ones I've seen. I haven't seen a pretty one in person. But you can see where their eyes, and if they're photographed right, they make them look prettier than they are but you can go out with a picture right and but the, the but the actual working part of the dog i haven't seen one that's good now right. it used to be the same with goldens you used to see very few good goldens and now there's a lot more goldens that are really good and and i see guy and boy that and those people get defensive too boy you get a guy that's a golden has got a good golden and he gets defensive but a long time ago a good golden was that how long how long till you saw a really good golden well in the beginning of field trials golden's run the deal but that, that's in the 40s and then the lab took over, and it, I don't know that there's ever been a national champion golden. But you didn't even see very many of them for no, a long time. We used to always call them swamp collies and rugs. And <laughs> yeah, but but now you see a lot more. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. They're really nice dogs. Yeah, they are. There's some good ones, boy. Kerry Coker's got a wonderful bitch, and he was going to breed her to these big time dogs, and it, she's a master hunter. Got a lot of credentials, and, and it didn't take, and they had to spare. Oh, he, that's too bad. He said he'd been at a national hunt test deal two years in a row. Had He had a waiting list of puppies at $2,500 a piece, man, and it didn't happen, and then they just spare, so it ain't ever going to happen. But twenty five that's what a good golden pup's run, $2,500. Yep. That's crazy. But that's because there's not a lot of the there, and, and and there's more now. But the Silver Lab, I don't know the ones. I, the ones I've been to haven't been very good. I'm sure somebody's got right. one that's good. Jesse Payne, my old late great Jesse Payne buddy, he used to say, "It don't matter what kind of dog you got, if you'll take it hunting all the time, it'll learn to hunt how you hunt." That's true. I believe there's a lot to that. I really do. I think that as 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 you as your dog grows with you, it does more things better. Well, look at your buddy that, that was the beautician. Had the Jim. Jim. Yeah, his old dog. <laughs> he could tell you, I said, this dog has retrieved every bird I've shot for the last 10 years. And it did. But he walked out there to fetch it up. He didn't know. He didn't see me sitting across the field, sitting on a stool, shoot the bird, and the dog go get it and bring it back. He's up trotting out there to pick up one he shot. He's a good shot, too. <clears throat> but... But his dog was a champion boy in his eyes. I mean, as far as he's concerned, that's the best dog that ever walked. All right. Well, it was a good little visit, Bo. This is your first time. We'll talk. We'll holler back at you and see as you advance how things are going. Sounds good. And see if you're nervous. And we really enjoyed visiting with you about your girlfriend. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Bo's nervous. All right, Dad, thanks for being on here. Thank you all for listening. Remember, folks, we have a giveaway. The The Boss Ammo giveaway is coming up. Make sure you get on the board on the Stanfield page and you can look up all the information on that. That's December 9th, 10th, and 11th. 
I still have some weekdays available, the second, third, and fourth, and I have availability on the ninth, tenth, eleventh for some a couple of guys. If you're a single or double or triple, and you want to get added into a group. Those days we've designated for small groups. The first two weeks of December during those weekdays, I can do small groups and put them in to make a group of six to ten people for hunt. That is a great time to hunt up here. We've always had a big cold front by then. We've got a lot of geese. We've got geese here now. Um, we don't have any openings in November other than maybe a weekday here and there that I can put you in. And Thanksgiving weekend, I can do another group. So anyways, holler at me at stanfieldhunting.com, 940-658-3172. Thank you for listening to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate it. God bless you and have a great day.